Welcome to SCRS Talks. I'm David Volcano, the SCRS Honorary President and also the Vice President of Clinical Research Compliance and Integrity at HCA Healthcare. Today, we're talking about the recently created SCRS Task Force, which was initiated to address the current workforce and inflation challenges affecting the clinical research industry. As many of you are aware, we are currently facing unprecedented macroeconomic issues, including substantial staffing challenges and inflationary pressures at the site side. In response, SCRS formed the Task Force Committee, which provides resources to both sites and industry to collaborate to address these issues. I'm here with William Smith, the co-chair of the SCRS Task Force and CEO of Alliance Specialty Research, and Jeff Kingsley, CEO of Centricity Research, and both task force members to talk through what the committee is doing to mitigate these challenges and how our industry partners can help. So, Bill, let me start with you. Let's talk about why this task force was created. What, what was the catalyst that brought this to this level? The idea for this task force really started just after the first of the year when we were looking at some trends and turnover among staff and the inflation and projections around our cost structure for this next year. And in discussions with senior management at, at other site groups and at other sites, it was very clear that most of us were facing these same challenges and, and anxiety around how to deal with them. We felt that discussions at a one-on-one -on -one level with sponsors and, and CROs would not be nearly as productive as a group discussion uh, sponsored by SCRS representing several sites and site groups to outline the problems and challenges that we're facing and to hopefully elicit their involvement in navigating this difficult time that we're facing. Yeah, so it has been difficult and we heard a lot from a, a lot of different sites uh, and, and many site managers that are concerned about the issue of the, the, the staff turnover and all the inflationary pressures affecting the business. But, but it also affects the principal investigators oversight. So and I know Bill, you can comment on this, but, but Jeff, you're, you're a business owner and a principal investigator. So are, are there things that are concerned from you, your hat as a PI that, that are additive to what a business owner is experiencing? Yeah, absolutely. We've talked for decades about how most people fall into clinical research. They trip into clinical research. Most coordinators get their start without any prior background. In other words, they didn't go to some university or, or technical college and, and do a course in clinical research and then enter the field. Rather, they came in without any experience and they were trained on the job. It takes, in my opinion, at least a year for a coordinator to really get their feet underneath them 
The same is true of investigators. The same, same is true of, of a lot of people, certainly on the site side of, of clinical research. Um, it takes a great deal of experience to really begin to understand what you're doing, why you're doing it, the nuances, the fine details. Now, interestingly, everyone in the vertical of clinical research can create error, but the meaningful errors that contribute to trial failure and success, um, participant qualifications, protocol deviations, all happen at the site. And once a site creates an error, it can't be undone. You can explain it, you can add a note to file, you can't undo it. So fundamentally, errors at the site should be everyone's focus is to reduce errors at, at the site. Now let's go back to your question. Do I see something as a principal investigator different from a business owner that bothers me regarding the turnover we're seeing? It's exactly that. Good people, people who just got their feet underneath them, or people who maybe have two years or five years worth of experience are being poached by CROs, by sponsors, by other individuals and, and moving along, and the sites are having to replace those people. It's really concerning when a CRC, an experienced CRC, leaves a site to become a CRA because the, the quality of the data at the site level is so impacted by having novice staff. And so the industry is desperate for people. Absolutely. I totally agree. And it imposes, in addition to the training and the loss of efficiency that we see with the staff turnover and the new people, this also requires a lot more time from the PI to do effective oversight because you you are at more risk for mistakes due to their newness. And as a result, you have to be much more involved. You have to spend more time answering questions, educating yeah. them, and making sure that their interpretation of what they're doing with the subjects and the questions that they're asking are those that you think they're doing. So it has been a huge problem. And even just in, in dealing with the, the monitors from the sponsors and CROs, they've experienced this same kind of turnover and many of the monitors are are less experienced than previously, and it takes much uh, more investigator time for their interactions with monitors and other vendors that are part of the clinical trial process. David, you've been part of publications in the past, as have other organizations in our space looking at highly qualified individuals and does it produce a positive result? So for example, certified coordinators with a certified principal investigator and your publications and others have definitively shown that certified coordinators along with a certified principal investigator produce better enrollment, fewer errors and get fewer 483s. Well, the inverse is true with the great resignation. This turnover, it could be hypothesized would reduce enrollment and increase error rates. And I think 
think that's what Bill and I are saying. That's what we see when you do have a novice coordinator. Enrollment on that trial won't be as strong as it would be with an experienced coordinator. And error rates yeah. are at risk of being higher. I, I agree. I mean, obviously, it, it, you know, for 483s and things like that, it, it's too early to tell. But, but you know, yep. clearly the, the indicators are aligned in that direction. I'll, I'll tell you, I, I've, I've had the the honor of representing SCRS at a few sponsor meetings uh, over the past couple of months. Uh, one was a, a closed door meeting with, with some, some fairly senior executives of, of sponsors uh, to talk about this issue and how it affects sites. Uh, I, I generated a meme and I don't know if, if how familiar our, our audience with is with a lot of memes, but there, there's a, a, a popular meme of big bird sitting at a table with, with some executives and uh, so, you know, just kind of looking stunned and out of place. And, and my caption in that was, when the, recep- when the receptionist shows up to work to find out they're now a CRC. <laughs> so I opened with that. All these sponsors were laughing. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny. And then I says, yes, I know this is funny. But the sad part is, is that Big Bird is probably a CRC on your study. <laughs> and the room, the room got silent and I had their attention. So I started calling to their attention some of this, uh, you know, when, when a site loses a coordinator. Well, the first thing is there are safety visits that are upcoming that if we don't have the capacity to do, ethically, we look at removing the subjects from the study. That's not good for the subjects, and that's not good for the study. Second, and this is something that can't really be quantified, but subjects withdraw on their own. Subjects get a real close tie to their coordinator who they spend a lot of time with. I mean, Jeff, Bill, you guys are PIs. That's great. But the subjects love the coordinators. And when they lose that personal connection with that coordinator, it's it's a a less motivating factor to continue in the study. The other thing is, as you all have said, uh, you may halt enrollment uh, to studies or put enrollment holds, self-imposed enrollment holds on studies because you don't have the capacity. So all that is other aspects of it, uh, in addition to all the quality uh, resources and, and things like that that you all have talked about. So our, our, our task force, when we got together, we, you know, for the audience's sake, we, we felt important to have initial two deliverables. The first was an open letter to our sponsor and CRO colleagues. Uh, and that open letter was a respectful letter. We respect that they also are going under the same inflationary pressures and work for workforce turnover pressures as well. Uh, but we ask that they respect that it is affecting us too. And when it affects us, it affects the studies. Uh, you know, quite plainly, one sponsor has told me before, when sites are suffering, our studies are suffering and, and the sites are suffering and struggling today. So that open letter was published. It is it was sent out to our GIP partners, and it is on SCRS's website for everybody to see. And it is getting attention. I will tell you, it is getting attention, and people are interested in hearing the voice of the sites in this. The second deliverable was a toolkit, and this was something that we, as an industry, have an ethical obligation to solve what we can on our own. We can't just have sponsors and CROs solve our problems for us. So we were fortunate enough to have many of our large site networks, Jeff, Bill, you all were part of this, and many of other large site networks share best practices, put it in this toolkit, and it's available to SCRS members. But as a teaser for this, I mean, to kind of go over some, Bill or Jeff, uh, maybe you can kind of highlight some of the 
key parts in that toolkit that sites can use today to help them uh, alleviate these headwinds? Well, um, one area that is particularly helpful for the sites is there's a section that that targets minimizing staff onboarding costs, doing thing, helping with ideas to um, bring sites uh, staff on board with a minimum of delay, while at the same time ensuring that they're adequately trained and that um, they're they're able to um, execute the studies with uh, minimal errors. So there there also were were sections that that dealt with with cost and particularly with pushing for uh, monthly payments, not quarterly payments, because as, as our costs go up, cash flow is becoming much more of an issue and uh, offering some advice to sites about about how to deal with these cash flow issues and planning ahead for for those in advance. That's something we point out in our toolkit is to to educate sites on budgeting for multi-year studies where a a 1.7% inflation rate might be sustainable, but uh, you know, at a 7.9 or 8.5 percent inflation rate, it, it 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 starts to challenge multi-year studies. Now, I'm not an economist; I don't know where it's going to go. But you know, if you wouldn't do that line item for $80 today, you might be signing an agreement that say you're going to do that for the equivalent of $80 three years from now. So, uh, you know, that those those are some key aspects on budgeting. Jeff, did you have you had one or two that uh, you had highlighted as well? Yeah, you know, the toolkit was focused on really two different categories. One was the 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 turnover that we're experienced and 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 the other was the economics. Regarding the turnover side, we discussed one, how do you not have turnover? What things can you do as a site to retain your top talent? And we talked about um, you know, uh, salary surveys and benefits management and and culture committees and and things that you can do um, career mapping, things that you can do to retain your people so that you're not experiencing the turnover. And then, as Bill mentioned, if you do have the turnover, and you will, you know, we always have some semblance of turnover, then then it also discussed, as Bill said, what things can you do to now onboard people very rapidly, get them trained up appropriately, and get their feet underneath them as, as rapidly as possible. The other aspect of it was about the economics of what we're going through, which which you and Bill just discussed regarding um, appropriate contact contract and, and budget management, you know, we're, we're gonna, going to experience a delay. We're bound by contracts that we have today that were negotiated before inflation increased. Well, we can't, we can't effectively renegotiate all of our contracts today. Inflation is what it is, which means our cash flow is going to be negative impacted today and into the future. Contracts that we negotiate tomorrow will be more aggressive because we know the inflationary environment that we're in today. But sites are going to suffer in that in that zone in between. And so that we've discussed different strategies that you could put in place to make sure that you are um, surviving the current economic um, environment as successfully as possible. Right. And and the, the toolkit is 
is a, a flash in time from the best practices and successful practices that many of our large site networks have experienced and that have been generous, generous enough to share with everybody. But but it, it's a document in evolution. So it, this is not a one and done. This is an ongoing dialogue. So, you know, we encourage all the SCRS members to help contribute in the online discussions that we have. If you have some great ideas that have to recruit or retain employees uh, or that have helped mitigate some of the inflationary pressures to please share those with the colleagues uh, because as you know as we succeed as an industry with each other and the rising tide will lift all the boats we don't want to compete on this area this is something where we come together as an industry uh, so so thank you both uh, for that and there's the, you know those ideas and some other great ideas that um, other of our site colleagues have shared in that toolkit. So we encourage you to download that and then keep the dialogue open. Uh, but on that first deliverable, that open letter, uh, our ask to our sponsors and CROs was to let's have an, a respectful dialogue about this issue and an honest dialogue about this issue in this, in this uh, call to action to do this. I mean, maybe there are things we can do with existing budgets. Uh, maybe it's not just adding more money, but other types of solutions. Um, what do you all see in, in your areas as some of the asks yeah. in the call to action from the sponsors and CROs that you're dealing with today to, uh, to help, uh, you know, to help for study sustainability? Yeah, I'm happy to jump in. I would say first, don't put your head in the sand. Recognize the environment that you're in and have that conversation in every contract and budget negotiation, as an example with industry. You're going to get the pushback of, well, that's not fair market value because the person you're negotiating with on a budget at a sponsor or a CRO is basing their ranges on information they got a year ago. It's not current information. You're going to have to push and you're going to have to provide supporting documentation so that they have what they need to be able to approve your request. Examples are, give them data showing your increased costs. You don't have to give an individual coordinator's salary, but you can give them data to support your increased costs. Additionally, give them a letter signed by you on company letterhead that states, these are our costs and we are asking this of every trial we are running so that they're, they're able to have that documentation showing this isn't unique to their trial, this is the environment that you're living in today. Yeah, and, and the open letter, our, our letter, we decided the task force, you know, we, we originally thought it would be a letter to the SCRS Global Impact Partners, uh, but, but we very quickly realized this needs to be an open letter to all of the industry. And that open letter is on the SCRS website, and you all are free to reference that letter in your communications, uh, you know, or a link to that letter in your communications with sponsors and CROs to let them know this is not just a, a whining site. This this is an industry-wide yep. issue. So, Bill, did you have anything on that? I was going to say that we are currently in the process of refining uh, some of our increased cost and plan on sending the SCRS open letter with a cover letter talking about some issues that are more specific to our sites and saying, please help. 
and we're going to reach out to uh, everyone that we're currently working with. Another part of this that I'd like to spend a second more on is around the impact of this on our, our subjects and particularly the staff turnover. As a result, we're having to spend longer um, times that the patients, our subjects are required to be there in order to do their visits. And as Jeff alluded to, the people that they have the longstanding relationships with are no longer there. And this really doesn't just impact the sites, but more importantly, it impacts the subjects and their willingness to continue in these trials are to begin them in the first place. So it's much broader than just the financial health of the sites or our ability to enroll. It also infects our ability to retain these subjects and to make clinical trials a positive experience. Yeah, thanks, Bill. The, 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 the patient and the subjects uh, experience is is also being affected because they they also are experiencing their own macroeconomic pressures uh, with heightened transportation costs and things like that 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 you know arguably makes it harder for them to participate and you know uh, so you know all all across the the continuum here we we have challenges that that need to be overcome um, but I will say that you know our our open our toolkit our sites can use and keep contributing to our open letter is getting attention. We at SCRS, you know, we have the top-down approach. I mean, Jeff, as you alluded to, the bottom-up approach from the individual site contacting the, the sponsors and CROs on their budgets. And SCRS is working on the top-down, as I mentioned before, with, with some of the sponsors calling us saying, can you tell us more about this, what's going on? The general sense is that they really want to listen. Uh, to the sites. They are concerned, and, and as the more we educate them on the impact on their studies that this is having, uh, the more that they're interested. For example, one item that I see kind of percolating to the top as we're talking with more senior executives at the sponsor level uh, is the issue of when either put away the coordinator from their study uh, it can't just be, you know, a CRO saying, yes, we replaced the monitor and, oh, gosh, that site's just not recruiting anymore. You know, that's not the whole picture of the story. So uh, right. sponsors are and one solution that's come to the top is if you're going to recruit away the coordinator for that study, that there should be some sort of study continuity plan negotiated with the site. Uh, that is one thing that seems to be resonating among many of the sponsors. Uh, so we may hopefully may start to see something along those lines of, you know, if, if, the if the coordinator accepts a job over, what is the plan? And that might be different for a variety of sites. Um, the other thing that I would encourage everyone uh, on the, all the sites that are listening is please do not be scared to bring this up to your sponsors or CROs. Uh, unfortunately, I've talked to many sites that tell me, well, I'm too scared to talk to them about this because I'm scared they're going to shut down the study or they're not going to use me for future studies or things like that. So the SCRS letter is, is demonstrating this is an industry issue. This is not something isolated to your site. And we've encouraged sponsors and CROs to initiate this dialogue with you uh, so that um, if you are in 
scared or something to talk to them. Every time I tell sponsors that there are sites that are scared to talk to them, they say, why? We don't understand. Uh, so they are willing to do this. They have skin in this game too. So please don't be scared uh, to bring this up at your next conversations with them if you are experiencing these issues. So uh, Jeff or Bill, do you have any last words of wisdom in the last couple of minutes? You know, as I said earlier, it, don't be passive. This is an active problem. And so my advice to sites would be be active. Embrace this. It's the environment we're living in. Make change today aimed at how do I reduce turnover? How do I bring in new people and get them up to speed as rapidly as possible when I do have turnover? And what things can I do to adequately positively impact my organization in light of current inflationary pressures and the extra cost of the turnover that we're, we're receiving? Make it an active process. Discuss it with your leadership teams. And as David said, don't be afraid. Sponsors and CROs want to help sites. David said it earlier. If a site is suffering, the trial is suffering. And so they want to mitigate that risk. Don't be afraid to bring up this conversation with them. You'll be surprised how often a sponsor or a CRO will help you if you have an open, honest conversation with them about what you're seeing. Yeah, Bill, any last words of wisdom in, in the last few seconds? Oh, I would echo what um, Jeff said, but at, at the same time, emphasize in these discussions that the current situation is not sustainable, that they have to view us as a partner and to, to help all of us come up with solutions that will keep the sites economically viable and keep our workforces stable, what to enable us to participate in their clinical trials and for those trials to be successful. Great. Well, listen, thanks for your insight today, Bill and Jeff. We, we appreciate everything you've done, as well as everybody else on the task force uh, and other sites that may not have been on the formal task force, but have contributed to the dialogue. And, and for all those listening, please know the conversation is just getting started on this. We at SCRS will be having discussions about this at upcoming summits, webinars, and Sites Now meetings, so be sure to join us to ensure your voice is heard. Uh, also, learn more about the SCRS Task Force on this issue at myscrs.org under the Advocacy tab and see the open letter to the industry sponsors and CROs that we have published, as well as the site toolkit available to SCRS site members. Thank you all very much, and we hope you have a great rest of the day. Thank you, everyone.